Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Connecting Soul Beings podcast, offering you inspiration, tips, and learning about tuning into the language of your soul and gain a deep, intuitive understanding of your inner self, your guides, and the animals around you, so you are able to live from your heart with grace, love, and gratitude. We bring together spiritual leaders, energy healers, and awakened humans, so we are able to collaborate and help you feeling loved, joyful, and free by providing clear direction on how to connect soul to soul. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to another episode of the Connecting Soul Beings podcast. This particular episode was recorded during the 2018 Connecting Soul Being Summit. This summit contains 28 experts and thought leaders, and we created this event to help conscious, self-aware soul beings and animal lovers to have inspiration and practical guidance on how to feel connected and in alignment, filled with beautiful energy. You can also watch the videos of these episodes on our YouTube channel, which is listed in the show notes. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another wonderful day here at the online summit, Connecting Soul Beings. Today, it is my utmost pleasure to introduce you to Jessica Moore from The Unlocked Heart. Jessica is based in the United States and she is an emotion whisperer and a shamanic practitioner. Jessica and I are talking today about emotions and how we recognize our emotions and what do we do with them when we do recognize them. We talk about grounding, we talk about qigong, and also how do emotions impact our animals. So grab yourself a cup of tea or a coffee and enjoy this wonderful conversation. So Jessica, just for the audience, I would love to find out more about you and how you got into the work that you do as an emotion whisperer. That's really interesting. It's a lovely name. Yeah. Yeah. I got into this um, actually by learning about the value of emotions the hard way. Um, I was always, um, I was quite sensitive as a kid and quite introverted and had kind of hard time relating with other kids when I was young. And so I actually learned to kind of shut down my emotional feeling and sort of withdraw into my own kind of inner world, more of a mental world as a coping mechanism, a coping strategy for, to, to like protect myself from getting hurt and rejected by other kids and stuff. Cause I didn't have many friends growing up and at least when I was young and, um, so I, I actually really, um, I grew up watching Star Trek and reading, um, and I really emulated, um, you know, like, uh, data on next generation, the Android who didn't have emotions, like he was like my hero. So yeah. I really, and, and I kind of had that, um, uh, you know, the message in my family, from my family growing up was, you know, that to be mature and responsible and to be in control of your emotions and, um, you know, very rational and sort of looking down on emotions. And, um, and so, but because of this, I, I really was um, lived up in my head. And so I was very ungrounded um, growing up and for much of my life, it's kind of been one of my things I've always struggled with. Mm. And yeah, like, like a lot of sensitive people um, can relate to that, I'm sure. And so as I um, sort of was on a, 
you know, eventually, <laughs> after many years, uh, started moving in a more spiritual direction and a path of personal growth, um, I um, started realizing that my authenticity, my authentic self was much more connected to the heart. So learning the value of being connected to the heart and okay, so how do I get there from being, you know, kind of a up in my head kind of person. And so that's really where I learned the value of emotions, I would say is that um, journey back to reclaim my full emotional feeling and really realizing how much I was shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, sort of being up in my head and not really spending time. Like I was disconnected from my heart, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Um, and then the other piece about ungrounding <laughs> that, cause we're going to talk about that. I'm sure um, yes. <laughs> that, um, well, I think ungrounding kind of goes hand in hand with being disconnected from our feelings because really sinking into our feelings is very grounding by nature. Mm -hmm. um, and being up in the head tends to be ungrounding. Um, but I really had a kind of a come to Jesus moment when in my shamanic community that I was a part of and, and I was really fortunate to have found, a, a set of shamanic teachings that was, that was very grounded. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and so, because not all spiritual, you know, paths are, are uh, have that mm. and really, um, sort of be, was held to account at one point where I kind of had a crisis in the shamanic community of, um, other community members and, and our and our shaman letting us know that letting me know that um, I wasn't um, that, that my ungrounding was actually impacting the people around me and so that's where I really started to learn the importance of managing my own energy and the reason and how me being grounded actually that or whether or not I'm grounded or not has an impact yes so yeah yeah oh major impact I can imagine yeah, definitely. Mm. So in, in terms of the grounding, I mean, because that's something that I, I can appreciate that a lot of people may struggle with at times. And in particular, when you start learning about your spirituality, channels opening up and having these connections and, and all the di different skill sets that come with that. What is your favorite way to ground? Mm. Probably my favorite daily practice for grounding is... Uh, doing more qigong in the morning um, to help me really get into my body at the beginning of the day. What's what I prefer to do is just like jump on the computer when I first wake up. Not so helpful. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how that feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and cultivating that discipline of doing a physical practice. The reason why I like qigong is because it has that meditative aspect. Mm. that's very um, calming and focused with the mind, but it involves movement and is really about relating with the body and moving the energy you know, in the body and especially connecting with the yin below mm -hmm. and the yang above and really balancing those. It's, yes. it's not all about up, up, up and you know, light, light, light. It's actually equally about darkness and stillness and that the restoration and the connecting to that is really how we ground is by going downward. So yeah, that, I find that very helpful. Yeah. Fascinating. I, I see them in the park here sometimes in Sydney, a whole group of people that are doing those movements and it fascinates me how, how quiet that is and how focused at the same time, you know, that's um, because we're always in this rush mode, right? And we want to do everything quickly. Yes. And if we, 
we feel that we need to exercise that it has to be you know either in the gym or running or you know playing tennis some sort of sport which is usually fast um but then seeing that it's yeah it's wonderful to watch because you can feel the energy coming off them as well at the same time yeah yeah and so that is it um it really helps to cultivate that sense of mindfulness and yeah. uh so being present with the body anything that's present with the body um like a meditation that um is uh not up in the head kind of a meditation but really like I, one of my favorite ways of doing that is actually just going out and sitting in nature mm -hmm. um and just focusing on my physical senses yes um and and yeah it's also that's also a bit of a joy practice because just the beauty of nature is Absolutely. you know very uplifting as well but yeah. still grounding because i'm i'm just it helps me to calm and still the mind mm. you know? um, mm. so yeah and then applying that to my emotions and actually choosing it's really had has required a choice i mean it requires a choice to take the time to actually turn the my awareness inward and actually pay attention to what I'm feeling because mm -hmm. that's something that I, for a lot of people their emotions are right there and they can't really get away but for me I've really had <laughs> for my whole life I had learned to really ignore how yeah. I was feeling yeah 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 so how can we tap more into that how can we really you know feel the feeling but then also know what to do with that so that it brings us to a a place of, you know, perhaps more comfort or a place of now I can shift slightly. How do you do that? Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the simple method that I talk about, like on my blog and stuff, and it's, it's very simple. It's um, basically just going in within and noticing how I'm feeling in the moment. It can be really helpful to actually have a list of emotion words because um, to, to be able to name what we're feeling mm -hmm. because I've learned, and this is actually shown in research too on emotions and empathy, that the more accurately and specifically we can name what we're feeling, the greater our actually capacity to feel like we actually have a broader range of nuance in our emotions. Mm -hmm. And so like if we don't have a name for um, sadness, we literally wouldn't really be able to feel sadness. We would just feel this vague sense of bad or mm -hmm. down, but it, yeah. Um, and so there's a level of emotional intelligence that comes with the naming. Mm -hmm. And and then once we name what we're f uh, feeling and also locating it in the body um, helps to make it not a mental exercise, but a physical embodied exercise, we can actually uh, then start to relate to the emotion or, or that part in us that's feeling a certain way, like, oh, my throat feels really choked up and really um, full of grief right now. So, okay, so grief, what are you telling me? Like, what do I need? What do you suggest that I actually do with this right now? And then we can start to act on our emotions in, um, in ways that our emotions are wanting us to take action on because all emotions arise to be, for us to do something yes. with them. So the, the sooner we can recognize what they're trying to tell us and then actually do that thing, the sooner the grief will release on its own. And we don't right. have to um, sort of fall into a trap that, I, that we can fall into of trying to release our emotions by avoiding feeling them. Mm -hmm. Instead, we can release our emotions by actually going in them and really feeling them and 
giving them a chance to, um, and really being present with them. And then yeah. taking whatever action is needed so that they actually are informing our lives and making us wiser. You could say giving us access to our emotional wisdom body. Mm, okay. Wow. Yeah. And it's so important, isn't it? Because that runs through everything that we do on an everyday basis. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it's important because uh, when we aren't feeling our own emotions, we can actually outsource them on, onto other people and animals that, you know, um, the people around us, the beings around us will end up picking up our emotions and, and, and oftentimes end up feeling them as their own. And we can do that for other people as well. People who are highly sensitive, I call them hyper empaths. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, um, yeah, it's like, it, that's something, and, and people who have really, uh, their boundaries aren't adequate for mm -hmm. to really, um, uh, you know, to, to keep that separation of these are my emotions, not your emotions. And, you know, people uh, who are very sensitive can pick up stuff from everyone around them because our emotions are highly contagious. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> wow. So do we do that consciously to outsource the emotions, as you say it? I'd say, yeah, like 99.99 whatever percent of the time it's not conscious. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, and, uh, and, and part of that is also just supporting each other in relationships. So mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of, um, you know, this called emotion work that we do for each other, you know, in life that is that when we need like a shoulder to cry on, that's literally they're helping to hold space for us and our emotions and helping to ground us, helping us to release and all of that. Or if we need someone to complain to, you know, to have a little hopefully conscious complaining session yeah. with, <laughs> um, yeah. And all the ways, um, but a lot of times that happens, I would say the vast majority of the time, we're not really thinking in terms of, Oh, this person is actually helping me to manage my own emotions. No, we wouldn't and normally say that, would we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. And, and and you mentioned earlier about us also um, sending the emotions to the animals as well, like handing it over to them. And from mm -hmm. personal experience, I know what that's like. And from personal mm -hmm. experience and working with clients, I know that that is a very frequent occurrence that our animals are taking on what we are experiencing and what we're feeling. What's your Absolutely. experience in that field? Yeah, I, uh, so I can give an example of my parents. Um, they had a dog. He just recently passed away. He was very old, so he lived a full life. Mm. But he, uh, he was a Belgian shepherd, and so a, a, I think a more sensitive breed, but he was a sensitive uh, personality. So he was highly attuned to the people around him and, um, you know, he would notice everything. And when people would get angry and have an argument around him, it would freak him out. Like he would start running around and like, you know, oh my gosh, what's happening? And it was like, he would scare him or activate his own nervous system. It's that just sort of activation. And he probably didn't even know what to do with it, but he's feeling it because emotions spread. That's the aspect of empathy that um, is that we can't control. Like if we're 
like babies in a room, they'll all start crying if one baby starts crying. Yeah. It's like, it just, it just spreads. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so he would run around and, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't leave. He, he, it was as if he felt that it was his responsibility to try to do something and to try to help. And so he would come up and get in everyone's face and be like looking and like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? Are you okay? And like trying to, trying to make everyone okay. Yeah. Um, partly because he, you know, he, it's like he wanted everything, you know, he felt like it was his job, I think on some level. And also cause it's his pack and something's wrong in the pack. He wants to help. But he also, um, I think, you know, it was so activating for him in his own nervous system that, you know, it's, it's that unconscious desire to help people or to calm people down because it actually helps us to calm down. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, so, um, yeah. yeah, so he was very effective. So I think that's a really good example of how we can unfortunately have an um, unhelpful impact on our animals. Um, yes. Very yeah. much so. Very much so. So do you work with, with animals as well and people to recognize I, that? I do not. Um, I would probably leave that up to the experts like you. <laughs> But um, I feel like where my specialty is, is um, help, working with people to help empower them with greater skills to manage their own emotions mm -hmm. so that they can be a grounding force in the world for everyone around them. So their animals, their children, or just in relationships um, to, yeah, to, to gain those greater skills. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. Awesome. I love it. Your, your, I noticed your title on your website is got unlocking heart or unlocked heart. When you talk about the grounding and the connecting to the emotions, it, it makes me feel like it really locks it into place to be more grounded and working with these emotions for us to go into a certain action place to, to work it in that way. Unlocking the heart. Is, is that your interpretation of, okay, we're really starting to dig into what this is and we're just bringing that all to the surface and therefore we're opening it up to have those experiences. It's really interesting how, um, if that's the case, and I would love for you to talk around that a bit more, um, how that's interpreted as well in terms of locking or unlocking. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that's part of it. Um, it's, it's so getting the access, accessing our heart and being able to, so, so that starts with noticing what's there so that we're not shut down. Hmm. And also the other piece of it is to learn to um, speak the language of emotions. Um, yes. I was actually, I'm actually trained in an emotion modality by the author of the book, The Language of Emotions. <laughs> so it's very yes. apropos learning to really speak their language because each emotion, she identifies 17 emotions and each emotion has its own message, its own uh, general purpose. And then of course it can be specific for us relating to our life and mm -hmm. also wounds in our past as well. Sometimes the, it's not about the present moment, it's about a past moment. Um, but yeah, to, to be able to gain all the access and the wisdom and the information and also the skills that our emotions, I wouldn't even say skills, 
more like just straight up abilities, like our ability to release things and to let go and mm -hmm. to ground, those are all gifts of sadness, for example. It's that it, very soft sadness, not necessarily a mood state sadness where I actually can identify, oh, I feel sad right now. But mm -hmm. how the emotions, when they run in the background, they actually um, allow us. So like a sadness might be like, like I was going for a light, you know, and I'm like trying to get somewhere and then the light turns right in front of me and I kind of go, <sighs> that just that sigh of, yeah. It's like I'm letting go in that moment of my attachment to making it through that light and just, mm -hmm. and it brings us into a greater acceptance of the moment. So as an example, and every emotion has its gifts, there are no such thing as positive and negative emotions in that way. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. In the wisdom that they have for us. Yes. Yeah. yes. So, so would you see it as a positive all the time? because it's something that they're teaching us? Mm. It's, it's a message. So as another teacher of mine um, likes to say, emotions are just information. Right. Um, so you could just think of them as messengers. Mm -hmm. And the information sometimes is not at all what we want to hear. <laughs> like <Yes>. this job <laughs> is sucking your soul and you need, you know, to, you know, quit. I, you know, even though it is paying all my bills. You know, so there can be hard um, things or there's still something in my past that I need to heal, something unresolved in my past because this person cutting me off on the freeway just brings up all this rage, just like feels way out of proportion to someone just cutting me off. Yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. Okay. All right. That's, that's a sign, you know? So once we learn to, um, to be able to track our emotions to what they're trying to tell us, it, the challenge is when we don't have those, when we don't know what it's telling us and we just feel overwhelmed. And then, so, so the impact of our emotions can be very negative. Mm. Um, yeah. If we don't have skills. Yeah. So that's exactly. kind of my mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and hence you're here as well. Cause I love that. Cause it's, you've got a really interesting take on how we deal with emotions. And it, it's very unusual um, in my mind. I've not met someone like you who, who looks at it from that aspect as well. So that's really fascinating. Um, so in terms of what the audience is doing right now, like what is the general population doing right now with their emotions? Mm. That you feel that they can change. Mm. So the, the, the main thing that so many people are doing, and it comes from modern day spirituality, from past spirituality, you know, Christianity and pretty much every major religion, um, and, and also pop culture, you know, like Star Trek, you know, being rational, yes. um, <laughs> is, uh, that to, to think of, you know, the mind is good, emotions are not as good, and also to think in terms of positive and negative emotions, Mm -hmm. that we want to feel happiness is sort of chasing happiness all the time or inner peace, mm -hmm. which um, I would say is actually the emotion of contentment. Um, and also it can just be a neutral baseline, but sort of chasing that all the time and pushing it, it, what that does is it actually sets up a situation within us where we end up struggling against our own emotions mm -hmm. and we try to not feel what we're feeling and it, um, actually 
creates a lot of emotional dysfunction because then other emotions have to step in to do the job that that emotion's trying to do. For example, anger. So mm -hmm. a very often vilified emotion. If, say we have a, a boss that's always um, crossing our boundaries, you know, disrespecting us, and we're feeling angry every time we go to work. So granted, feeling angry every time we go to work isn't necessarily helpful, but it's trying to get us to make some sort of change, to stand up for ourselves in some way. And, um, and if we are just spending all our time trying to not feel that emotion, we're going to lose the ability to step, stand up for ourselves. And we can actually train ourselves, we can actually exile certain emotions altogether and train ourselves to, um, to, to never feel that emotion, which means that other emotions have to step up so that instead of anger setting a boundary in a soft, hopefully soft anger setting a boundary, just saying, no, thank you. Um, I'm good. I don't need that. Mm -hmm. um, then we might set a boundary instead with anxiety. Like, oh gosh, um, uh, okay, uh, let, here, okay, so I'll do that, but here, let me do that, you know, and that kind of tension and, yeah. or we might set a boundary with shame you know, and just end up saying yes to everything and just try to do everything we can. And so it, it doesn't work because those aren't the emotions to actually help us set boundaries. <laughs> so, and then, and we can also set up a situation where the anger just starts cycling and just gets yeah. more and more amped up because it's saying, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. You're not, I don't really have to yell at you because you're not listening to me. Yeah. 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 And that can cause the blow ups, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, all hell breaks loose. For sure. Yeah. And then the other, um, the other challenge is when people aren't grounded enough and when they don't have good enough boundaries, which kind of comes from exiling sadness and grief and not wanting to feel down, not wanting to feel low, mm -hmm. um, or exiling anger and, not, and just wanting to be loving and forgiving all the time can actually impair our boundaries or impair our grounding. And then we lose access to the two single biggest tools that we have other than just simply paying attention to our emotions. The, the biggest emotion skills that actually help us to, because grounding allows us to release emotions that aren't ours or to let go of an emotion in a situation if it's too amped up and to downregulate our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And boundaries helps us to keep, to, to not take on emotions of other people. Um, yeah. Yeah which can cause all kinds of havoc with our own emotions. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And in particular, when you're an empath, as you mentioned earlier, then, you know, boundaries are even more important um, than to people who may not be an empath. So it's, you know, because you're really soaking in everything else that's happening around you. So, yeah, wonderful. So what's the one tip that you could provide that we can practice straight away to help us with the, the emotions? Hmm. So, uh, having a daily grounding practice and which, because grounding is, so there's two things that help us to ground. It's our daily choices. Um, you know, not spending all day on the computer and then just going straight to bed, but actually taking time to be in our body, to, um, be present with ourselves, to bring our awareness back to the present moment. Uh, and also focusing on cultivating that downward connection with the mm -hmm. earth. So, um, so, so daily choices and actually a daily practice. Um, even if that's just, I wake up every morning and I go sit outside for 15 minutes and appreciate and watch the 
the hummingbirds, the hummingbird feeder, mm -hmm. or um, yes, yeah, so like whatever really works for us, but sort of that we can commit to. But it's going to be even more effective if we can actually spend a little time visualizing, actually reaching down to the center of the earth and feeling our connection there and actually cultivating energetically our grounding cord and that energetic connection that we have to the earth mm -hmm. and making sure it's as big as it needs to be. Maybe it kind of, you know, okay, yeah. fluff it out, um, run energy through it. And yeah, so tending it um, with a visualization. Um, yeah, and then and we can do the same thing boundaries as well. So there's the daily choices to actually say no to things that we need to say no to, um, to only say yes to things that are true yeses for us. And also to, and then to enforce our boundaries, <laughs> we yes. need to, we actually have to be willing to stand up for them. Uh, but also every day, and I actually incorporate this into my Qigong practice, because um, there are some Qigong forms that do this, um, of placing your hands on, the, on your boundary and you can think of your boundary energetically as about half the distance from your full uh, personal space here. So this is like where I'm aware of as sort of a sense of my personal space, but our boundaries are about half because people can be within arm's reach and we don't necessarily feel like they're violating our boundaries. So it's a little bit closer in, I feel. Um, and I mm -hmm. think in Qigong, it's generally considered about half an arm's length. And then spend time running chi into it, tending it, you know, filling any gaps that we might notice are there, um, mm -hmm. actually empowering it and making sure that by the end of our time tending to it, it's, we can see it or feel it or sense it um, with our, uh, you know, intuitive senses yep. as a full sphere all the way around us. And taking wow. time to do that every day because we actually impact our energy body we actually can create energy habits energetic habits mm -hmm. by consistent daily choices over the course of our lifetime and beliefs so like the belief that it's not safe to set boundaries we might have learned in childhood or the belief that anger is always bad and you always need to make everyone happy you know those kind of programming messages we can get um to that that can actually cause us to actually um create an energetic habit of either disabling our boundaries or making them uh, just very porous, not robust enough. So. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Wow. That's You're amazing. Welcome. That's a very uh, unusual way of doing that. I've never heard that before. That's really fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Wow. I can talk about this all day. <laughs> it's really cool. Me too. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. That was absolutely amazing. And I'm sure that the audience is going to go out and about now to try to, you know, to work um, in terms of the energies and the boundary thing, but also to become more aware of the emotions and, you know, like you say, to work with them rather than identifying, well, that's positive, negative, or pushing it downwards as well. Um, and, and applying the grounding practices. That's really important. So, so thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for putting this on. You're and welcome. I hope everyone out there goes out and grounds every day. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the world will be an even more powerful place. Yeah. For sure. 
Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to yet another inspiring episode of Connecting Soul Beings podcast. I love receiving your comments, stories and feedback as they are truly inspiring. So please take some time to comment on this episode below. If you love the show, you can help us by sharing and liking it via your favorite podcast platform and our website. And if you feel that we can work together in helping you to connect to your inner self and the animals, then hop on over to biancadrose.com or find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram under Bianca de Rose. Thank you again so much. Say hi to your pet from me and stay connected with love and grace.